gonna make him an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend! The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is... You do not talk about Fight With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to the best movies you've never seen. This is the podcast where I, Stephen Fennick, a self-confessed movie nerd who's watched movies hundreds of times, show my good friend Trevor Long that same movie. And he, though, has never seen it before. Hence the name of the podcast, The Best Movies You've Never Seen. Trevor Long, welcome. Great to be here, Stephen. I, um, I've i seen a couple of movies. Um, and I've seen a few movies Cars like this. Three. Yep. Yeah, I've seen Cars 1, 2, and 3. 1 and 3 many more times than 2, which is, you know, any aficionado of movies like you would understand, wow. obviously. Wow. Um, because of the just the basic <laughs> you know, storyline of Cars 2, Stephen, as you well know. Um <laughs> Not a as critically acclaimed a as classic. one and three. A classic, yes. <laughs> well, today we're talking about Avatar. This was okay. released in 2009 mm. and at the time was the highest grossing movie of all time. Written and directed by James Cameron, who obviously coming off Aliens, Terminator, True Lies, just a master filmmaker, great writer, director. Now, this movie, he originally planned to shoot it or release it in 1999, would you believe, 10 years earlier. But when he was, he'd written it and was sort of looking at it and he thought, you know what, there, the, the technology for me to bring this vision to the screen, it hasn't been invented yet. So wow. been, no studio would, would fund the film because the, the special effects would have made the budget like 400 million plus. So no studio was willing to touch it. So okay. what he did, he shelved it and then left in for in 1995 to head off to see a little, uh, the little known ship called the Titanic. He went on a diving expedition and then he, uh, he decided, you know what, I'm going to make Titanic now. <laughs> so then, uh, it rolls around a few years later and he decides that, it, you know, Avatar was still in the, in the draw. 2005 he decides you know what the technology has been uh, improved so much he uh, he felt that it was uh, the right time to start telling isn't that fascinating because then you've got to ask yourself how many other things are in the draw you know for people yeah. not just james cameron but like it's a yeah. it's a different level of genius yeah. that can write and create 
the the storyline, let alone the the principle of it. And so yep. you wonder about what's in the drawers around Hollywood. <laughs> so you, you think about this movie, it really at the time was a massive, massive movie. And and he literally invented technology to shoot this, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, and it'll also tell you about, like, I've got quite a connection to this movie. I've, uh, I've, I have did a fair bit at the time of release. But let's talk about you, though, Trev. Yeah. What was you, you'd never seen this start to finish. You'd never seen this at all, had you? So no, you, I, you were, I mentioned last on oh, the last you, episode you that... I th- you saw it in 3D or something? I think I went to the cinema to see it in 3D. I didn't yep. like the idea of 3D. I remember being more obsessed because I'm a nerd, right? I've been being more obsessed with how the 3D was working than actually following the story. I'm right. I'm almost convinced I didn't stay for the whole thing. Um, <laughs> really, you walk out. You did a walk out. It's quite possible. Now, I remember at the time they did, they did show, I think, and you might have been in this screening, they showed the first half an hour. There was a session where it wasn't the whole movie. It was like a little sneak peek at it, the first 20 right. minutes, whatever. And I remember John Landau, who was the co- the producer, was there. I remember talking to him, having a photo with the Oscar that he won for Titanic. So I, I remember seeing a like a the first bit of it and then seeing going back and seeing the whole thing. So maybe you were at that uh, screening where they didn't show everything. They just showed you the first bit of it. Maybe. Is that man, that, man, I don't is, unless my, you walk out on the proper thing. My my guess is no because I don't think I was you know really at our level at that point where right. I was really doing those kind of events. So righto, yeah. You were look, doing, as I said, I, I, I knew it was as well that back then. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> I knew it was it was um, uh, extra worldly if if I could put it that way. Therefore, yes. I, I knew it wasn't I, I, reality. Yes, I don't really I don't really understand. Turn off for you at the time. Still is, I guess. Eh? It still it's, is. It's, it's not based in reality. That's a that's a check mark against it. And eh? we will analyze that as we go on here today. Absolutely right. Well, this was, as I said, the highest grossing movie of all time. It Why? was well, it was the highest grossing movie for ten years, right? Get this. Yeah. It made two point seven nine billion dollars until Avengers Endgame beat it in twenty nineteen. Mm. So it my, 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 my question why and well again we'll dig yeah. into this as we unpack the movie. It was a itself. bloody good movie. It was no, an no, event. Why it was an event movie? And so what I'm getting at is, without spoiling any opinion, but d- d- can a movie be great at the box office without being great because of the hype around? It's it's just stunning. You yeah. have like you see it and you, like do you know what I mean? Like is it? Actually, there's that number game, the you know, the best, you know, grossing movie. Does yes. that actually dictate what is the best movie? Because yes, I would argue, does. no, it doesn't. Well, well, no, it doesn't. Well, best is subjective, but highest grossing, making the most money, that is, that's measurable, right? That, that's that's what we're talking about here. So mm. I think what you're insinuating is that what makes it the highest grossing movie is, was because it was like an event movie. It was like one of those sci-fi movies that, uh, you know, James Cameron was making it and he had made a film for a while. So everyone was keen to see it and the whole hype around it, the this, this amazing technology and the making of it, that really attracted people to see it several times, including myself. But here's this, here's the thing, right? In 2021, this year, it actually retook the title as the highest grossing film over it. So it took back the title. Oh, really? Avengers Endgame because they, in China, it was re-released. So it tipped oh, it. Oh, wow. It, it made another, it tipped it to 2.8 billion, which snuck it past Endgame, which was 2.79 uh, 0.02 or whatever. So it just snuck it by Avengers yeah. Endgame thanks to the re-release in China. 
Wow, that's fascinating. The movie had 10 Oscar nominations as well, by the way. It won three. It won Best Cinematography, Best Visual Effects, and Best Art Direction. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score, Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing. Didn't win those. Camera be filthy. Won won the technical awards, let's say. But get this, Trev. Four sequels are about to be released. I had heard this, Avatar 2 is going to be out December 16, 2022. And the following three sequels were released respectively on December 20, 2024, December 18, 2026, December 22, 2028. What does this bloke think? He's got a Star Wars on his hand or something? Maybe, maybe. I think uh, circle those dates in the calendar. We're about to dive into the movie, though. So uh, I think what you should do, if you haven't watched the movie, I suggest you go watch it on Fetch. Absolutely. And if you've got a Fetch box, it's as easy as just asking. Uh, Ask your Fetch box through the voice remote uh, to watch a movie, and you'll find that it's available to rent or buy on Fetch. It's also available to stream, for example, on Amazon Prime. Um, so you, the great thing about um, the great thing, sorry, it's on Disney Plus. The great thing about um, the uh, the Fetch box is you own it. So if you love a movie like this, you can add to their box office by saying, you know what, I'm going to own it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it, and then you can watch it whenever you want because it comes up in your library of content. So it's a great way of finding the content you've watched before, finding the content you enjoy, and of course, uh, finding content across all the different platforms, no matter what you're subscribed to. Fetch has got you covered. If you've got a Fetch box. You can do that right now. If you haven't got a fetch box, ring your ISP, your internet provider, or go to one of the big retailers and buy one right now. Radio, if you're still with us, that means you're ready to strap in and travel to Pandora with us. Trevor, you've now seen it again or completely now, let's say. Mm-hmm. What are your impressions here? Are you uh, are you liking this any better, or what are we gonna what are we gonna tweet as well? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet first, right? I'm gonna say okay. my tweet is Avatar. I have huge respect for the graphics, the cinematography, and the scale yeah. of Avatar. But it's not really for me. Got to watch it once for the spectacle. Yes. And a second time to truly appreciate the story. Because I think that's my challenge here is I was trying to take too much in. Yeah. Um, I think that this thing is epic, and I understand that. I genuinely – I've not seen another movie that is as visually perfect as this, mm-hmm. even since then. Like, I – I just think that the I know how much of this is graphics, or at least I think I do, mm-hmm. and Fair. it's like, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, like mind blowing, well, which was, you, you like, can dig into, right? Uh, but he, yeah, well, he, you know he, how he, I I criticise things, well, movies we watch where you know you can tell it's like a green screen of a car floating, and they've just put yeah. it onto a set. Like nothing here looked yeah. fake, nothing. Well, I can speak pre. Uh, closely about this movie because, uh, as I told you, I've got a pretty close relationship with this movie because I actually, apart from watching it several times, I went on the LA press junket. I was in LA for this, Mm. the release of Avatar on Blu-ray. And we, part of it was the setup was a day in Pandora. So they set up how the film was shot. So what what they what he developed for this movie? Do you remember how it was image capture? So you know how you see the the like you know like Lord of the Rings and all that had the dots on on the actors, you know, Gollum, and to sort of do the motion tracking. What he did, what they invented for this movie was a 
putting dots on the actors' faces and a camera trained on their face just to get their facial reactions. Mm. Do you remember this? This was the very first, one of the first movies to ever use this sort of technology. So it was the actor's performance and then put on the Na'vi or whatever character they happened to be playing. Mm. Now, the virtual camera he used meant that wherever he pointed, this world existed in a computer. And so wherever he pointed the camera, it would show what was virtually represented in the scene. Which I think for people to understand, also to understand how far and fast this technology advances, um, I think it was the BBC this year, for example, for the Olympics, um, used this essentially for their set. They just had a, a desk with surrounded by green and they, they could, they could point anywhere. They could put a camera anywhere and it would just show this, this scene that they'd built for Tokyo. It wasn't real at all. It's yeah. come to the point where it can be used now in television, in live TV. So that just shows how far it's advanced, but it was pioneered. Like this Incredible. is the point where he could just go, you know, I'm going to shoot from this angle. Cause I want to see that over there. Oh, mate. Yeah. Mind it me. goes further though, Trev, and I'm going to drop some names here. Yeah. I interviewed James Cameron. And right. John Lando, the producers. That, that interview's on YouTube if you want to look it up. I also interviewed Sigourney Weaver, who's in the movie. She remember she was in Alien and Aliens. Yep. And also, she played Grace in this movie. And I interviewed Sam Worthington, who was wow. the young Aussie actor who was this kind of surprise choice for the, the starring role of this biggest movie. Why of all would he time. get that role? I think we'll mention down the track in the, in the, the casting call, but I think it was wanted someone lesser known in the lead role because they, I think they, they wanted obviously a good actor, but if you got like all the, I'll tell you now, the initial choices was Matt Damon and Jake Gyllenhaal were the two yeah, right. studio choices. Do you right? think that takes away from the... Yeah, it takes away from the spectacle. I think people yeah. are looking, yeah, that's Matt Damon or that, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. Sam Worthington was, was a known actor but I think was the sort of the he, – he wanted him in the lead role because it would give the character sort of a more, what he says, a real quality. It's sort mm. of you could you, – you, like you want to have a beer with sort of thing rather than a star Yeah, is, is what he said. And which yeah. actually goes to the, the character, right? The character is a bloke who's thrown into this at the last minute. Yes, exactly. And so right. you you don't yes it shouldn't it shouldn't be identifiable in that sense. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So and and you see you I think you can better appreciate you sort of this every this sort of every man sort of thing where yeah. you can appreciate the arc of his story, how he sort of ultimately becomes joins the the Navi. But uh, the other the other cast members, of course, apart from Sam Worthington, was Zoe Saldana. So she was uh, she plays Natiri. And she's also it was in the Star Trek for remakes as well. Yes. Sigourney Weaver, who we've just mentioned, she plays Grace, uh, the sort of the head of the Avatar program, and she was obviously a star of Alien and Aliens and and a number of other great films. And and I did get to speak to her as well. I remember we were sitting. I had a one on one with her. That's, that's also on YouTube. It was video, but we also had a round table with her. So I was sitting next to her at this big round table. I remember just looking and thinking. You're Sigourney Weaver. I'm sitting next to Sigourney <laughs> Weaver. She could have been saying anything. I wasn't listening to what she was saying. I'm thinking, you're, I'm sitting next to Sigourney Weaver. It was amazing. I was very, I was starstruck. Absolutely starstruck. Before we dive in the run through, though, mate, uh, I think we should talk about High Sense and yeah, go the big. choice of TVs here. And you know what? A movie like Avatar, Oof. you would not appreciate it unless you've got a great TV to watch it on. And the High Sense TVs deliver. And they've got TVs up to 85 inches. So imagine spending the being in Pandora on an 85-inch TV, 4K or 8K. 
Quantum Dot Technology, Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. So not only does it look amazing, it also sounds amazing as well. Now, the Hisense TVs also have the VDAR U5 smart TV operating system as well. So really easy to get to your content, really easy to watch what you want. But bottom line is big screens up to 85 inches, great picture quality, great sound quality to give you an overall experience that you won't forget. And if you're watching movies with us on the best movies you've never seen, we recommend you give Hisense a choice. If you want to check them out, hisense.com.au. Let's take off, Trev, shall we, and uh, talk about <laughs> Avatar. And and first up now, I, I've got to tell you too, I don't know what version you watched. There are some different versions of this movie. What? I watched the extended version where there's 16 extra minutes Gee, of the movie. I know you probably, whatever you watch is probably the shortest version available, but it at, was the very, long. at the very start, where I think two hours was, and a half, it was two hours. Well, the version I watched is two hours 45. So there was that extra 16 minutes, but the version you watch, you would have been given a pretty quick int- introduction to Jake. Yep. How, you know, you find out his brother's dead. You, you got the same thing as him. He's got an opportunity. You've got the same physical appearance as him and, and, yep. and everything would match. All about his genes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they, they sort of they've take over his contract. In the extended version, you see him talking more about his life. He's in a bar. He sees a bloke bash up his girl and he jumps in and defends her and he gets thrown out of the bar. And that's when he gets introduced to the guys who introduce him to the Avatar program. And they say, oh, the fresh start in a new world. So there's all this extra footage at the start. There are so many deleted scenes too. If, they, if, if every scene was back in it'll be a four-hour movie this the disc if you if you do have the blu-ray the uh the there's so many extra deleted scenes in the movie but i'm sure you think though trev it's long enough as it is yes (laughs) anyway (laughs) we see jake has accepted the contract and he wakes up after six long years you've been in cryo for five years nine months and 22 days you will be hungry you will be weak if you feel nausea, please use the sack provided for your convenience. Staff, thank you in advance. So he, little did I know I was going to go through five years, nine months, and two days of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they've arrived on Pandora. Uh, they hit the because the, the big ship that they were in cryo that sort of is in orbit now. They get it on the shuttle, they go down to the surface, and you realize it's a mining operation. You see all the yes. big equipment, all this incredible equipment, and you, you see huge all trucks equipment too. Things. Like their scale, yeah, is like I've seen mining yes. equipment, but it's like they've and look, I'll be honest, the first thing I thought was, how did they create such big mining equipment on another planet? But anyway, that's a whole other thing, <laughs> but it's enormous, right? It's a big scale operation. But you also see that there's a lot, lot of soldiers and, and these other people that are getting off the ship and they're they're on Pandora for the very first time. And then then you see poor old Jake in his wheelchair. Back on Earth, these guys were army dogs, Marines, fighting for freedom. Look out, Hot But out here, they're just hired guns, taking the money. Working for the company. So check this out, man. Meals on wheels. <laughs> oh man, that is just wrong. So you see that uh, he's in a in a on a planet. They're already looking down their nose at him. He's in a wheelchair. Meals on wheels, they call him. You know what's um, interesting is I actually, I and mean, maybe I wasn't paying enough attention at the very very start, or maybe it's the version I watched, but I didn't know he was in a wheelchair until that moment because 
I'm wondering why is he the last one to get off the plane? And then uh, he pulls out his wheelchair, and you realise, yeah, right. like, I oh, see. So you yeah. don't see that he's in the wheelchair at the very start because I, in that I'm, the extended scenes, you do see him in the I'm, wheelchair. I'm you see not him sure get thrown you out. Yeah, yeah. You see the wheelchair get thrown on top of him. Okay, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. But anyway, they're in. They're uh, they've arrived on Pandora, and we meet Gen- we meet Colonel Corridge for the very first time. You are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora, ladies and gentlemen. Respect that fact every second of every day. If there is a hell, you might want to go there for some R&R after a tour on Pandora. Out there beyond that fence, every living thing that crawls, flies, or squats in the mud wants to kill you and eat your eyes for jujubes. We have an indigenous population of humanoids called the Navi. They're fond of arrows dipped in a neurotoxin that'll stop your heart in one minute. And they have bones reinforced with naturally occurring carbon fiber. They are very hard to kill. So nice bit of exposition about Pandora and how it's a pretty yeah. harsh place, harsh environment. And, of course, the Navi as well, who are the natives, which we haven't seen yet. And, and I should point out, by the way, rules. Yeah. I should, should point out, by the way, for the, for the dear listener to understand how much goes into this this very show. Stephen's notes on this show are like six pages long. <laughs> I made I made twelve dot points. So in terms of, you know, your engagement in this movie compared to mine, it's yeah. pretty epic, right? Absolutely. It's pretty epic. Yeah. That's why we're here, mate. That's why I'm here. Now let me tell you the one thing I've 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 already started thinking at this point. Yes. We can travel to another planet. We can cryogenically sleep people for six years nearly. But this bloke's still unable to walk. Okay. That's what's going through my mind, right? Obviously, that comes to comes to fruition at some point. But point. it's a fascinating kind of thing that's I'm now thinking, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Yeah, well, we, we'll talk about that later. He gets uh, an offer to get his legs back, I think is what they say. But I think this, this next bit, we meet Norm, the other dude that was on the ship with him, yep. and also will we get a little bit of an explanation as exactly what the hell an avatar is? Me and Norm are here to drive these remotely controlled bodies called avatars and they're grown from human DNA mixed with the DNA of the natives. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Pandora. Good to have you. Damn, they got big. Yeah, they fully mature on the flight out. So the proprioceptive sims seem to work really well. Yeah, they've got great muscle tone. It'll take us a few hours to get them decanted, but you guys can take them out tomorrow. Did you hear he was said he goes, take us a few hours to get him decanted? Isn't that what you do to wine? You yes. can't wine. Because they're in a juice. Like they're yeah. in a they're in a like a tube. You know? That's right. Yeah. But um he then sees his own avatar. Now, I really love the look of wonder on his face and how Norm says to him, he goes, Oh, uh, it looks just looks just like him. He says about his brother, and then Norm goes, Oh, it looks like you. It looks like you. So he's sort of yeah. he's accepted. He meets also Grace Augustine, who's played by Sigourney Weaver. Didn't you find it odd that she's a smoker? Uh, yeah. You know, it's the year 2148, I think. Don't you reckon cigarettes would be long gone by now? Yeah, she's not from New Zealand. They're banned over there. There you have it. Well, yeah, we, uh, she sort of makes a bit of a fuss about how, you know, that we, your brother was supposed to be here and, uh. Yeah, she, she, it's very clear at this point. She doesn't want him there. No, not at all. She needs, and I think this is a, it's a critical kind of setup for the movie. She needs these, you know, advanced scientists to control these beings so that they can be part of a scientific 
program. Yeah. She doesn't need some half-bit military, ex-military dude to just, you know, walk it around. But I think she, she basically has accepted that he's going to be their detail, their security detail and nothing else. She even says yeah. to him, use big words, will you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but we also meet, so here's the point where we think, right, this is the avatars is sort of the scientific side of the operation. Yep. Here's the business side of the operation. So we, we meet Parker, who's the boss of the operation. And, and this, Stephen, yeah. is where the movie loses me <laughs> in one word. Okay, I know the word you're going yep. to say. We'll you play the audio and, leave, and it won't leave, take long to work out what bloody leave, word it is. Yeah, understand. Leave it for one sec, though, because the whole idea, and, and I love the way he, he sort of frames this, they need, they need to get the Navi away from where they live and the line he uses, he says, I want you to win the hearts of the natives with your puppet show, is what he says. But then he explains why they're there. Unobtainium. Because this little grey rock sells for $20 million a kilo. That's the only reason. It's what pays for the whole party. It's what pays for your science. Brendo? Now those savages are threatening our whole operation. We're on the brink of war, and you're supposed to be finding a diplomatic solution. So use what you've got and get me some results. Unobtainium. Unobtainium. It's hard to obtain. Unobtainium. Come on, James. Find that. Come up with something else. <laughs> All right. You just look at it. You go. Okay. We got lithium. 20, we got uranium. We got. Just come up with a, a word. Yeah. Twenty million a kilo. That's that's a lot of money, mate. I'd have spent the twenty million on just finding a new name for it. <laughs> okay. It's the worst so part of the movie, mate. All right. You're not happy with the name. Well, now we're up to the part where they're. It's the first time driving the Avatar, and um. Grace is, is talking to Jake about what, what, what you know, he's, 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 the whole idea was to have his brother there and he's think, she, she was asking, what, what did you do? Are you just going to just, just try to come out here and just see how it went? So you just figured you'd come out here to the most hostile environment known to man with no training of any kind and see how it went? What was going through your head? Maybe I was sick of doctors telling me what I couldn't do. So you got to remember that. Okay. Good line. Yeah, you got to remember he is a cripple, so yeah. he can't walk. So you imagine what he's looking forward to doing here, being inside this body that he can do stuff he couldn't do. Well, I think at this point, so my my reading of that line is simply that he is, as he says, sick of being told what he can't do. So he's been given an opportunity to do something that you know his fully able body genius brother was meant to be doing. And so I don't actually think at this point it's yet about the the walking. I think that comes in the very next moment yeah. because he hasn't even – he basically just read the manual. The other dude yeah. says to him, you know, you know, how much training did you do? He goes, none. Like he hasn't done any training, so he doesn't even yeah. know what he's about to experience. And so to this point, I read it as him just wanting to give the middle finger to anyone that tells him he can't do stuff. Yeah, but he soon discovers once he's inside this new body. Remember, they said, "Listen, now take it slow." And he gets really excited, runs outside. Um, he, he's, I love the line where you know his his tail has all these little things. <laughs> says, "Don't play with that; you'll go blind." It's very funny. <laughs> but then we meet uh, Colonel Corridge again, and this is the time where Sully is introduced to him, and we kind of see his motives. The Avatar program is a bad joke, bunch of. Olympic science majors. However, it does present an opportunity both timely and unique. Clear? Clear. 
a recon gyree in an avatar body. That's a potent mix. Give me the goosebumps. Such a Marine could provide the intel I need right on the ground. So we, we're seeing Jake talking to Quaritch, and Quaritch is thinking, remember, he said, he goes, oh, it's bloody, it's a joke. But it's good that you're a Marine in there because you can give yes. me the intel on the ground. So we're yep. thinking, right, he's on a path now to and try this to is, his eyes. This is where it. he says to him, if you do this for me, when you go home, you'll get your legs back. He can make that call. So this is where I find out that it is possible yep. to give uh, – give, you you uh, yeah. yeah, If you've got enough money. And that's yep. obviously what he's lacked in, in this period of his life. So this is what they're going to make happen. And so obviously he's going to sign up to that and become a – you know, insider for the military arm of this operation. But this next bit, mate, is where I first have my breath taken away. Yeah. That's incredible. And I think anyone would because this is like – and today, in today's world, I don't know if anyone's played the Unreal Engine thing on the Xbox and the PlayStation. It's it's phenomenal how realistic a computer simulation could be on a thing at home, let alone you can only imagine what Disney and others have got in their studios – yeah. But this is going back to, what, 2009 or years before 2005 when it was being built, 2005 to nine. So the idea that they could create the graphical representation of another planet and the flight through it and the people yeah, in it, know. mate, it was incredible. I This this had me back after the unobtainium drama. <laughs> so, yeah, they're flying in on the choppers and this is a really good, really a showcase of the, the wildlife, the plant life. Uh, they in the extended version they looked at the old school. I don't know whether that was in your version. There was no. an old school. That was a whole storyline that was in the extended version where they set up. No, a it's school. only referred to in the in yeah. this one. They taught the Navi English and they tried to get them on side. And there was dramas at the school, which we'll find out a bit later. But uh, Jake Jake uh, wanders off, and then you see all the, this this big creature that he's he encounters, and he's told to hold his ground. And then, but what you don't see is that. The, this other creature behind him. And remember, initially, Grace says, look, just stand your ground. Don't run. Just stand there. Just hold your ground. And then the other creature just stops, right? But then he sees the other creature goes, what do I do? Run, don't run. She's no, definitely run. run. Definitely run. <laughs> so he Eventually, he runs away from this creature, dives off a cliff into the river. So he's separated from the group. They think he's dead. They think he's gone, right? Jake, Sully, good night. But while he's the sort of nightfall uh, nightfall comes along, and you still this, this this environment just lights up, glows in the dark, just incredible. But also, his all these other creatures are hunting him as well. And just as he's about to buy the farm, he's saved by one of the natives, which happens to be Natiri, and she mm. she shoots the arrow. And at first, he tries to thank her. Remember, and she says, "What? What are you? Yeah. Don't thank me. Yeah, this is sad." Um, that they didn't need to die. So you immediately establish that there's some, there's a, like a symbiont sort of relationship between. Yeah, because the, she, she basically, yeah. you know, kills some, some creatures that are trying to hunt him. Um, and she's essentially, this is, you're right. This is this moment where you realize she's way more, or they, her, her people are way more connected with the creatures and don't was, want, don't yeah. wish any death upon any animal or anything unless they need it for food or whatever, which you find out. But it's a, it's this beginning of a of a conversation slash relationship with these two that yeah you know really does take some time to understand because see in my version you don't know about the school yet so yes. she's speaking okay. English he does question her and that's yeah. when you kind of find out that she'd been taught it it's a bit weird. Did, did you see though as well there was these little glowing glowing things yeah that were attracted to him like air octopuses. 
Yeah, that that sort of did that symbolise that he was sort of someone special or something. Yeah, or so like... so because remember she was going to shoot an arrow. Was she going to shoot it at him? No, no, she was she shot the creature that was attacking him. No, but and he she, went. She had he went to thank her, and he said, "No, don't thank me. This is sad. This is sorry. What happened here? They didn't yeah, need to die. These creatures. at some point she she had you know an arrow drawn or something, and one of those creatures." Came yeah. upon it, and then she she put it back in in its holster, essentially. You know what I mean? Okay. And then yeah. she's having this conversation with him, and then all those little things come upon her, and it's then that she realizes this is not your average, yeah, human. Uh, it's not your average, you know, avatar. It's not your average, you know, not anything. Your average dreamwalker. Yeah, they call yes, it. Yes, yeah. dreamwalker. So the, she she then uh, takes him back to the their home tree, the big the 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 giant tree, and. And I was thinking, what is he? Has she taken him prisoner, or what yeah. the hell is happening here? And you see, though, that he he does get introduced to her dad. So uh, I think they call him that. Then you, you see the the his other people in the in the tribe, and um, the I think they call him a dreamwalker. They realise he's an avatar, um, and I'll tell you later why. How they know, I won't That's tell you good, now. Yeah. I'll tell you the difference later. Um, and. He he's there. He's thinking, oh, okay, well, this is my opportunity now. I can learn because remember what Corrit said to him: I've got to learn their ways. I've got to be sort of mm. infiltrate these people. So his his initial thought is, okay, I'm in a good spot here. I'm going to learn learn their ways. But um, they eventually, though, if they find him again, his his avatar's safe. Because remember, he's he's not his body. Do you remember? Is back at the base, so his avatar is out. Is missing. Jake himself is still. Back at the lab, remember? Yeah, and because so, from from um, yeah, uh, Sigourney Weaver's point of view, he yes. he's the physical Jake is not dead, but yes. her investment in the in the avatar is dead yep. if that creature was killed. So like it's not actually he, about the human being; it's about the investment in the in the, the avatar. avatar. That's right. So so he wakes up and says, "Look, now the avatar is safe." He goes, "I'm practically family." He says, uh, "I think." Um, but then then we hear we hear from from the boss again. Um, find out what the blue monkeys want, I think is what he says. And then we realize the value of where they're located. Their damn village happens to be resting on the richest unobtainium deposit <laughs> within 200 clicks in any direction. I mean, look at all that cheddar. <laughs> well, who gets him to move? Yes. <laughs> what if they won't go? I'm betting that they will. Okay, 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 okay. Look, look. Killing the indigenous looks bad. But there's one thing that shareholders hate more than bad press. And that's a bad quarterly statement. I didn't make up the rules. So just find me a carrot that'll get them to move. Otherwise, it's going to have to be all stick. So we realize that, okay, they're sitting on this big deposit of unobtainium. <laughs> But sort of there's there now there's like a bit of a montage happening and we find out he gets back to his avatar and the next scene is him learning how to ride. Mm. And then you realise that sort of that connection they have because you remember his tail that he had and when you're riding the horse, you connect it to the horse's little... It's like the interface port. from one yeah. to another or one like to another little, beast. It's like a Pandora's version of a USB port, right? So it's a little, let's call it the Pandora USB where they connect to each other and then... So Neytiri is explaining that bond. That is Sahelu. The bond. Feel her. Feel her heartbeat. Her breath. 
feel her strong legs. You may tell her what to do inside. For now, say where to go. Forward. So he falls off. So it's funny, at this moment, I'm thinking, this actually would be really difficult for Sully because yeah. he's, a, he, he's a, a cripple in a in a cocoon using his brain to control um, an avatar body um, which has legs that he doesn't normally have use of, and now he's got to use that body's brain to control the – like it's a multiple-step yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of RAM. There's a lot of RAM in that computer for sure. Yes. Um, so we we see that he's then he's sharing intel with the marine. So he's sort of getting you, you see him getting closer to the natives and being being accepted, and he's still uh, sharing that intel. But the next journey is when they take the remote site. Remember, they want to take. Well, the Grace realizes. Grace finds out he's he's sharing intel. She's like, yeah. "I'm not going to have this. You're not going to be able to see these people. We're out of here." Yeah. And there's apparently this like former remote site where they've got these avatar control, you know, booths. Yeah. Yep, and they can go there, and they can set up camp there for a while. And this is where we see, if you first see the floating mountains of Pandora, there's a bit mm-hmm. of an explanation about a flux vortex and why they float and all that. And I love the line when the the uh, the helicopter pilot tells them, "Oh, you should see your faces. How they're just looking in wonder at the." Uh, what came first, Skylanders or Avatar? I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it was Skyland? No, it was Avatar. You know, you know the game Skylanders? Yeah. It's got these kind no, of floating... It was Avatar. It was Avatar. Um, I know what you mean. Uh, but now he's uh, he's back with an RV, and again, we're sort of seeing a little bit of a montage again. So he's he's doing his video diary. Uh, he's also uh, learning how to fly. So they, they decide yeah. that he needs to choose one of these creatures, and they say to him, look, you choose them, but they've got to also choose you as well. So it's quite like a rite of passage where he's got to be able to ride one of these creatures. And he's at the same time, he's learning the language. He's learning how to use their weapons, getting better, getting closer to the natives as well, to the to the Na'vi. And he discovers um, the the sort of this whole spirit of the animals and the symbiosis mm. with the human, with, with the Na'vi and all of that going on, getting closer to Nateri as well. Um the Grace is also allowed back into the village too. So do you remember how she goes back in her avatars back with the with the natives as well? Um, mm. And we learn about the, the, their connection with the forest, the link with all the living things. So there's this whole network that, that that's happening there, and sort of that's all part of Grace's research. But um, yep. the one of the parts here is sort of a bit of background about what happens with the school. Now apparently, uh, Nateri had a sister who was killed. By one of the bulldozers that was uh, that was on there, the and that's when they bulldozers. pulled the pin on these dreamwalkers. Yeah, yeah. so all the, that was kind of a that one of the that passage put back into the movie. I think taken out of the movie, the movie still plays pretty well. But that was another bit of backstory they he decided to with that extended edition to right. reinstall. But we learn also too, and this is sort of another whole part where remember at the start when she rescued him and she said this is sad, and she was sort of sorry to see that the, the animals had to be killed, but they are hunting an animal and they kill, he kills the animal. It's like a, like a Pandoran deer. And he says to it, I see you. And sort of with respect, he kills the animal, realizes that, you know, this is the circle of life, but he does it with respect. There's this whole yeah. feeling between the, the, the natives and the animals and the plant life and everything. And it's also a moment where she realizes that he's 
becoming one of them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like she, like it's pretty hard, I guess, for him to play the role of of you know trying to infiltrate them. And she begins to trust him more and more at this point. It's also, her family has started to trust him at the point where he's yeah. given the ability to fly and all that stuff. So he's literally in the inner sanctum now. And he would. This is the point where you start to feel his his conflict, his inner conflict, yes. because he is genuinely torn by. His two missions, yeah, he's very close to them, yeah, yeah, and and his relationship because obviously, again, you go to that point where he's a guy who hasn't walked for years, and he's yeah. now living a life where he can do that thing that he hasn't been able to do. So why wouldn't you choose to stay there? Absolutely. Well, this next scene's a pretty cool one as well, is where he chooses his banshee. So remember, they climb up the float the floating mountains. Yeah. And yeah, what I realised with Avatar is there are a lot of scenes where they don't say much. It's just all visual. It's all, all things yeah. they do. So that you, there's not as much audio in this as you'd expect because it's all either they're speaking in um, in their Navi language with the subtitles yep. or they're speaking English. So, and, well, and I think, and again, this that also goes to James Cameron's vision of this movie is yeah. that it's visually absolutely yeah. like, mate. Yeah. I'll get to when we get to the end. I'll talk about how much I do enjoy the movie and the storyline. But yeah, I, you know, it is impossible to watch this movie and not appreciate how visually stunning oh, it is. Incredible, yeah. It's just, just it's like watching it. Yeah. You know what? You know when you watch a like David Attenborough? Yeah. You know what David Attenborough? And you just yes. go, this is unbelievable. How do they film yeah. this? This it is, does have that feel. Yeah, you're right. It, that yeah. feeling. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Well, they uh, this is when they're choosing the Banshee. Remember, he climbs up, chooses yeah. the Banshee, and he says, let's dance, and he tries to make the bond. And then, it, then finally does, has his first flight. So this is a massive, massive sort of rite of passage for him. He flies because with the rest, the theory. The rest of the yeah. family see that also. Yeah, they, they, they that respect, he may they actually right, have this. respect. Yeah, they win. They, they he wins their respect, and uh, you see, as you said, he's becoming closer, part of the tribe. Um, then we, the sort of the next, the next thing we see is the we. There's a little bit of a little bit of a like a teaser here for the bigger banshees. Remember, they see their banshee, then they see the really big banshee. Right. So do they call it the death from above because it attacks from above? No, no one is above the bigger banshee, and that comes into play later with, during the battle of scenes at the end. But we learn that the bigger banshee, the last shadow, I think Natiri calls it, only five times have they been ridden in uh, in in all that time. So you think to yourself, okay, challenge accepted, challenge for later in the movie for the the bigger banshee. But as you alluded to, he is sort of in conflict now. He's thinking. I'm getting close to them. Do I continue doing what I need to do? And he, he has this feeling. Everything is backwards now. Like out there is the true world. And then here is the dream. So we know that he's been there for three months. Uh, he says, I don't know who I am anymore. He's getting confused. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think the colonel senses this as well when he, when he meets up with him again. I'm starting to doubt your resolve. Well, I see it's time to terminate the mission. No, I can do this. You already have. You give me good, usable intel. Oh, this tree of souls place. Yeah, I got them by the balls with that. When this turns into a shit fight, which it will. Always time to come in. By the way, mm-hmm. you're going to get your legs back. Yeah, I got your corporate approval. It's a done deal. Gonna have you on a shuttle tonight. A man of my word. I gotta finish this. 
It's one more thing. Ceremony. It's a, it's the final stage of becoming a man. If I do it, I'm one of them. So do you remember earlier on in that passage mm-hmm. he mentions the tree of souls? That's kind yes. of like their church. That's like yes. this really this tree that is kind of their not not it's it's like their god. They 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 yes. worship this I tree. would have described it as, as yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not religious, but it feels yeah. like it's their Jerusalem or you know, yeah, that kind it's, of you know, it's their yeah. deity, yeah. And and, yeah. and he t- talks about Mecca. tree of souls and he mentions he mentions that oh, uh, you know, now that I know about the tree of souls, I've got them by the balls here. Remember he says, says yes. okay, thank you for that bit of intel, but uh, as he says, he has the ceremony. Mm. So he earns his place among the people. He's sort of part of them. And they have this thing. Remember, they all connect arms and um, he's with Natiri And This um, is some weird shit goes on yes. here, mate. <laughs> but they talk about how, you know, after the ceremony, she told, tells him about his choices. You are a Motikaya now. You may make your bow from the wood of home tree. You may choose a woman. We have many fine women. Ninat is the best singer. Well, I don't want Ninat. Peral is a good hunter. Yeah, she is a good hunter. I've already chosen. Woman must also choose me. She already has. And out come their tails. <laughs> so in my notes, I've put this is exactly what I've written down. Join tails dash Navi six. Is that right? Yeah, is that is that how they do it? Well, I mean, I sat there watching them going. So obviously, uh, this is not your normal. Um, <laughs> Establishment of Yeah, no, exactly. So it's a <laughs> bit of lightning to USB-C going on there. <laughs> yeah, mate, and, uh, they, they mate for life apparently after that. So, uh, uh-huh. But he's sort of, again, he's in a conflict. He's saying, what are you doing, Jake? You know, he's not, he's. Uh, he's I mean, this is a massive problem do. for him because he, yeah. he his whole job was to get them to leave their home. He's done nothing to that end. Yeah. All he's done is feed the bloody um, military dude. The, the, everything he needs to destroy the joint, he's done nothing to try and get him out, and then the, yeah. the then the doses arrive. Like it's it's full on from yeah. this point on. Like it's you know he tries to get up there, he knocks the cameras of the dozer, um, which is where the marines realise that hang on a minute, this bloke's slipped to the other side. Like he's literally, like he he's on the other side now. We we've got yeah. a real problem, and so it's basically it's at this point it's war. They see that he's turned on him, eh? So he's joined the Navi side. So. Um, and he he admits to him he's he's one of them. But do you remember when when they were doing when the dozers arrived? Remember he was wasn't inside his avatar. She was trying to make him to wake up. Remember he was yeah, just laying. That's right. And she ends up she ends up doing the bolt. But um, he uh, he 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 wasn't there. She's the, the dozers are arriving. They've realised he's turned on them. Um, and then uh, the Colonel then removes Jake. He says, "Mate, you're out. You you've turned on us. See you later." Um, so. But we learn a little bit more, though, because remember how Grace is sort of, she's the scientist doing a little bit of investigation about the sort of the electrochemical connection between the trees, and she explains to to Preston exactly what's involved here. 
What we think we know is that there is some kind of electrochemical communication between the roots of the trees, like the synapses between neurons. And each tree has 10 to the fourth connections to the trees around it. And there are 10 to the 12th trees on Pandora. Which is a lot, I'm guessing. It's more connections in the human brain. Get it? It's a network. It's a global network and the Navi can access it. They can upload and download data, memories at sites like the one you just destroyed. Yes. What the hell have you people been smoking? (laughs) (laughs) I love that bit because it's like, he's got this really passionate (laughs) imploring upon this guy. And he's just like, what are you smoking? So it's a real, it's the clash between science and greed. We, we sort of see now the lines being drawn. Oh. Uh, um, and but I think they're explaining in that scene where we've got to get him to move. And Jake says to him, look, they've got nothing we want. What are we going to give them? There's mm. nothing we've got that they want. So there's yeah. no, never, they're never going to leave home tree. So, but what, what the Na'vi do, they strike back. So they, they've killed some soldiers. They've totaled some of the equipment. They, uh, you know, so they're they're thinking. Well, we we need to we need to fight back here. So, um, the the they we then find out that the attack because of the intel that that Jake has already delivered. He sort of told them about Home Tree, the structure and all that. So they plan the attack on Home Tree. So he he's he says, look, he says to Quarry, says, let me let me talk him out of it. Let me see if I can do. And he says, you got one hour, otherwise you're out. So he then goes back. Um, into 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 his avatar, and realizes that you know what he's. I think he says look, first it was uh, uh, orders I was given, but then I fell in love. So we we know we know the side that he's on. Yeah, he, this is the point where he's he's chosen what he's going to do. But you're now thinking, but dude, you're just in a box. Like they can end you at any point. So it's a pretty difficult thing to have chosen, because yeah, how are you ever going to you know you know not be. The human you. It, it kind of, at this point, doesn't make any sense how he's going to make that choice. Obviously, there's more yeah. to Yeah, well, what happens now, so the home tree is attacked and, and it's destroyed. Uh, Jake, is, Jake is obviously seeing what's happening from the human side. Uh, Natiri's father's killed and he asks her, look, you got to help protect the people. Jake, Jake's forced to wake up, remember? So he remember in the tree and in, uh, in Grace, they all just collapse because they're woken up out of their avatars. Um, so they're kind of in custody now. They can't do anything. Trudy, the helicopter pilot, decides, you know what, I'm going to break them out. And they remember they escape in the chopper. So they, mm. they all get out. They realise, remember, um, Quaritch comes out sort of to hold in his breath and shoots at the helicopter as it's leaving, hits Grace, who eventually um, Jake enters his avatar body again. And uh, he unfortunately he convinces them. Yeah, he, he tries to save to Grace. Come and, come and save yeah. Grace, yeah, doesn't he? He tries to save Grace with uh, at the Tree of Souls, but unfortunately that doesn't that doesn't do it. Then but then he has an idea. He says, Right, I need to take this to a whole other level. <laughs> and so he decides to go after the bigger banshee. Remember that? So he sort of disappears yeah. for a little bit and we see that uh, he's proven his hearts with the Navi. He turns up uh, then, as they're gathered, he turns up on the big, the big bastard, the big glass shadow, and they all see him, like they all worship him now, thinking, "Who is this bloke? Who, yeah. He can, he can go ride this big banshee. He must be someone pretty special." So they try to save Grace. Remember the Tree of Souls? They try to transfer yeah. her to the Avatar. Fail. 
Um, but then Jake gives his rousing speech. The Sky people have sent us a message. That they can take whatever they want. And no one can stop them. But we will send them a message. You ride out as fast as the wind can carry you. You tell the other clans to come. You tell them Tarek Makto calls to them. And you fly now. With me. My brothers. Sisters. And we will show the sky people. That they cannot take whatever they want. And that this. This is our land. Did you notice in that speech how he lost his American accent? He was, he was more, had an Australian accent. <laughs> Did you notice? No, but it's Some parts point. of it, he's got a real thick American accent, but in this bit, he, he was he was fully Aussie in that. In that <laughs> That's why I chose to play all of it. It was great. So it's, it's on for young and old here. They're gathering yeah. all the clans. Yeah, this is our land. So it's a classic. But you still, like, at this point, I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Like, seriously, you can have all the clans in the world. You can have all the arrows and bows and bloody horses. But how on earth are you planning on taking on this group, this military force? Like, yeah, it, it does feel like it's awesome. At this point, you're awake again. Like, for me, I'm like, okay, this is on now. It's good. This is big. Yeah. And it's an epic because, funnily enough, the, it felt like the movie ended, and then this is like a next. Yeah, it's it's like another another part, like a whole. It's a whole extra second movie. So the the colonel is planning. Um, well, Jake gets a heads up, remember, from one of the scientists that they they're coming, mm. and they're, they're targeting the Tree of Souls. So, what what they 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 bank on the Navi is that you know they got home ground advantage here. And they, they fly toward the Tree of Souls is near the flux vortex. Remember where the floating mountains are? And it's all, that, it that doesn't interrupts, interrupts, the, that interrupts don't instruments work the, the Yeah, so their instruments yeah. are interrupted. And so this was, they plan an aerial attack. So they come with their banshees as well as uh, attacking on horseback. So this is this is this like long drawn out battle. There's hardly any any dialogue in this whole no. thing. It's just pure action. Explosions. But again, visually... Yeah. Oh, stunning and yeah. hard to fault. And like you see scenes where the banshees are just plucking people off the craft and crashing into them and throwing grenades into the engines and they're crashing and the people blowing up. So the the, the battles fully fully uh, in, in, up now. And the the final round of the battles when they try to bomb the tree of souls. And the mm-hmm. thing that we see here is that Jake is up there on his banshee. Try, he tries to bomb the ship. Um, there's the stampede, remember, that comes through and kills all the soldiers. Mm. And then um, the colonel, once he sees his ship is disabled, he's, he's been crippled, remember he escapes in that robot? Remember that at the start he was in that robot? Yeah. That was, it was kind of like a yeah. yeah. So he he decides, right, It's the final confrontation is now Colonel taking on Jake. Um, and then I think he says, like, how does it feel, son, to betray your own race? But then he realizes that behind him is the mobile site, and he goes, "Hang on, this bloke's in his avatar. That must be where he's laying in the, in his little little avatar crib over here." So he decides to attack the site instead of Jake. Yeah. And you see that um, that the the, the the site's been compromised. The poisonous gas is coming in. Natiri though comes to the rescue. Yeah. She lays a couple of arrows into Quaritch, 
and then also grabs Jake from his little avatar crib and sees him as he is in his human form for the very first time. And this is see, this is one of the first times they bring the two together. And so you've got this scale issue. Yes. For James Cameron, where it's like, okay, you've got this little human. How do you make her real and big? And it's it's actually really well done because like it's their big hands, their big human, their big bodies. Yeah. It's it's re- again, mate. I, I can't visually fault this. Yeah, it's brilliant. Now that that was a good little scene, and you see that okay, they're um, Jake's not dead. He's still he's still alive. Natiri's come to the rescue. As you see, the humans being rounded up. They're about to leave Pandora, and he does his last video log, um, saying that he's he's uh, hopefully the humans aren't going to come back to this place. Yeah. And the very last scene, we get to the very last scene where. Jake is now fully part of the Navi yep. and wants to what what they tried and failed to do with Grace, Grace. The Tree of Souls. They've now got Jake, so his human body next to his avatar, mm. and they try to transfer his 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 body or well, his soul, if you like, into the avatar, his life into the avatar. And literally the last clip last is just thing. his eyes. Boom. Eyes open. His his avatar eyes open. And that is uh the end of the movie. And oh, I, as I said, there's, there's four sequels coming, mate, so it's not quite the end. You're going to see a lot more. I love the end because it yeah. left you, you know, kind of wanting. Yeah. Um, it was a, at that point that I was able to sit back and go, okay. So I didn't – I'm not going to lie. I didn't enjoy the, the viewing experience because I felt like I just – it was so much to take in. But yeah. also you – in taking in the visuals and getting caught on – Kind of the sub stories of you know you got to be military you got to be one of them yeah you lose the basic principle of this indigenous population um, having their lives turned upside down now obviously yep. there are you know um, reflections there on on you know, the last two hundred five hundred thousand years of civilization around the world and how yep. you know colonization of different places have impacted on Earth. And so there's a yeah. bit of that, but you actually go, you know, it's yeah. a really fascinating take on all of that because, you know, if you could have become one of, instead of just taking over, who knows what it yeah. what might have been. I think that's a fascinating well, underpinning of the story. There is a lot of the subtext of the, you know, the, the, you know, the big, big corporations raping the land and just pillaging the land and getting rid of the natives and the wildlife off to, to make money. So there's that sort of message underneath there as well. Yeah. It does tell the story though. Have you ever, a Disney, another Disney movie is Pocahontas. Have you ever seen Pocahontas? Nope. Where the, the John Smith, the character sort of joins the Indians and the other, the other story similar to that is Dances with Wolves with Kevin Costner. That's another movie where he just joins the Indians and sort of right. turns against his, uh, the soul. So there's the, that sort of spirit to it. But I think you, to answer your question from earlier, why did this make so much money is could people like you, like you were sort of talking about how do you, you can appreciate the visual effects, the story, the underlying messages. People needed to see this more than once. There's so much going on that even I missed things the very first time. And, and so it, back in the, in, in the, the launch state, was it, was it not controversial, but was it, uh, I guess disgust in that sense of what what did they mean by that? What was happening there? And like oh, yeah, is that yeah, kind yeah, of analysis course. going on? Absolutely, right. yeah. It was the, the 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 main talk was about just how brilliant the technology was to produce this amazing 3D. Because I remember yeah. at the time 3D was a bit of a gimmick, right? So there was 3D was at the before Avatar was you know sticking things into the camera to make you jump backwards, right? Yes. Avatar took it the other way. Avatar's 3D may brought you into the story rather than 
came out of the story at you. You right. know what I mean? So you were sort of it immersed you deeper into the storyline. That okay. was kind of the difference with the three D there. But uh, again, a lot of people just wanted to experience it. The whole three D thing, which you couldn't do it at home at that point. Uh, that that came a little bit later. The whole three D TV rush was another year later. So the only way you could see it in 3D was in the cinema, which a lot of people wanted to experience again and again. Yeah. Let's move on to some of the uh, some of the great quotes here. I do like uh, how he described his trip in the cryo. In cryo, you don't dream at all. It doesn't feel like six years. More like a fifth of tequila and an ass kicking. <laughs> He's a little bit, a little bit drunk at the end of that. I do love the line when uh, Grace firsts. First talks about, you know, I don't need you, I need your brother. This was quite a nice exchange. But Grace? This is Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. I know who you are and I don't need you. I need your brother. You know, the PhD who trained for three years for this mission? He's dead. I know it's a big inconvenience for everyone. How much lab training have you had? I dissected frog once. You see? You see, I mean, they're just pissing on us without even the courtesy of calling it rain. <laughs> that's a great line. Yeah, that's a terrific line. And this is the line, I think, that a lot of people were saying to each other afterwards. I see you. I see you. I see oh. you, Trip. I see oh. you. <laughs> I would have thought it was the, the brother going, wait, you've already made it? What? <laughs> you know, I see you. Okay. How did that happen, mate? Some plot holes here. Mate, the whole story, the whole thing's a plot hole. <laughs> right? on. It's science, okay. bloody fiction. All right. All right. Two, two stood out for me. Number one. Okay. Very first time Jake sets foot in on Pandora in his avatar, mm. he's attacked by four million predators, creatures, right? Mm. Yet when he leaves his avatar, couple of times he leaves it unexpectedly and he's just laying there mm. nothing happens to him no creatures come and say oh here's an easy pickings let's eat this thing yeah no one, no one comes I'm, hey, I'm gonna i'm gonna defend james cameron on this one and yep. i'm gonna say that they often say like if you come across a snake or something just just hold your ground just stand still and if they yeah. don't see you moving some animals don't no I'm, I'm, oh, that's okay, okay. i'm okay with All that right. Here's my other one that bothered me. Uh, do you remember Trudy escapes? They, they, she gets him out on the chopper. Yeah. Now, what she does is start the engines before they get on board. So there, she's got the engines flying, running, and they're getting on board. That alerts them that they're going. You're saying she's an idiot. She should have waited till they're on board. She should have waited till they're on board. Quiet, quiet. Start the engines. Piss off after that. She had the engines going. It's it's saying, look at us, we're leaving. Everyone, take a shot at us. Poor old Grace gets shot and ends up dying. So Wow, there it is. Grace's yeah. head on her pl- yeah. Oh wow, that's unbelievable. That's it. Her Grace's blood on her hands, mate. There you go. Right oh. Things you might not know, Trev. Um, the twentieth century fox were shitting themselves. This is gonna be a massive, <laughs> massive, uh, massive loss, okay? Because Titanic, right? Titanic was released in nineteen ninety seven and that was famously over budget. And they, uh, I've read a lot of books about Titanic, the production, and they were, they 10 times said, okay, production, we're shutting you down, forget it, and end up being the biggest movie of all time. Um, James Cameron at the time said, I will give up my director's fee. I'll give it back to you if this flops. So he backed himself. He says, if this doesn't make money, I'll give you back the money you gave me as director, which would have been significant. 
Wow. Now, do you remember the scenes where, like, Jake's in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. Now, what happens when you're in a wheelchair? Your legs sort of they waste away a bit, eh? Hey, you can I tell you this is this is fascinating because yes. I, I I noticed this when he, when he's sitting up on the thing and he's got to link them and you know the legs are they're smaller they're he's they're sitting, more yeah. limp. It's well, those legs were actually prosthetic casts from the legs of a real paraplegic. So what they did, his real legs were tucked into the wheelchair. And they were digitally removed in post-production. So the, the prosthetics were there. They were prosthetic legs. And his rear legs, which were tucked underneath, were digitally removed. Oh, Remarkable. okay. Well, yeah. Now, the Navi language, and I interviewed this guy as well when I was there, the Navi language was created entirely from scratch. They hired a linguist to make a language. This bloke has spent his whole life trying to interpret <laughs> things, and someone said, "Can you create a new language?" Yeah. He's gone. This is the dream job. Yes, it was. Well, how often you get asked to create a whole new language? Create a language for a movie. Yeah. This. Dr. Paul Frommer is his name. Um, James Cameron hired him to make up the language, which would be easy for the actors to pronounce, but would would not resemble any like wouldn't sound like English wouldn't be any yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. would didn't want it to resemble any human language so he created a vocabulary of about a thousand words in the Navi language pretty cool huh wow the movie is 40 percent live action and 60 percent CGI so those environments all CGI so uh, mm. and the motion capture technology was used as well for the CGI scene so Remember I said the, the characters yep. who play the Na'vi had the cameras attached to their heads to film their reactions, their facial features, their emotion on the face. And then the, uh, that allowed them, the CG artists, to create recreate their facial expressions, uh, which the CG artists then worked on and then put it on, on the creature. Remarkable. At the time, this is, don't forget, this is two, the production of this was 2005 to wherever. So at the time, this was sort of cutting-edge stuff. Now it's kind yeah. of every day. You see this pretty common but at the time it was a breakthrough real breakthrough um it was the first movie to be shot with a 3d camera released in 3d and in imax 3d first one the 3d movie filmed shot and released first one 3d movie to be to win to be nominated for a best picture uh, oscar as well first 3d movie okay uh, in my interview with James Cameron, now if, if, if please look it up. Just search James Cameron, Stephen Fennick on YouTube. You'll see this. You'll see this interview. My interview talks about how good it is. The Blu-rays out. People are going to see how this was all done. And then on my next question was, uh, how do you think 3D is going to play out? And everything that he predicted about 3D, he got completely wrong. <laughs> he said, in five years, the glasses are going to come off. There's going to be live sport, live TV, all 3D. Popularity is going to be amazing. Uh, and he was wrong. So it uh, very, it does, very it wrong. Have, yeah, it does date it a little bit, but a good, a good interview. It's about a three and a half minute interview with me and my man James Cameron and John Landau was in on that interview. Sigourney Weaver interviews also on uh, online as well. If you want to look that up, um, the film takes place the years are between 2148. So don't forget, he took off six years in cryo, yep, and then uh, to 2154, which is when they were on Pandora. Um, in the original ending. The Neytiri, uh, Neytiri was uh, one of the endings was her, she was going to be pregnant with Jake's child. That was the one of the original endings. They decided, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're just going to save that for the sequel, I think is what they're doing. Right. Did you notice, Trev, all the animals on Pandora have six limbs, except for the humans and the Na'vi. So all those 
the horses had six legs. The creatures that were hunting him at the start all had six legs. Wow. No, yeah. I didn't notice that. Now, how could you tell the Na'vi apart from the avatars? The Na'vi had four fingers on each hand, oh. and the avatars had five fingers. Oh. That's how they could be told apart. Jeez. Also, did you notice that the very first shot of the movie and the very last shot of the movie are Jake Sully opening his eyes? Oh. The very first shot is Jake opening his eyes as a human. Okay. The very last shot is him opening his eyes as a Na'vi. And that brings us to the end of Avatar. Tell us, mate, your wrap-up and your rating. Do you rate this one? Oh, I need to watch it again um, to truly appreciate it. I'm not going to bag it because yeah. I, I appreciate it's a good movie, right? But at this point, it's a seven to eight for me. Yep. And and it's a punish because it's long. I, I mean, my attention span is very Can short. I ask? How did you watch it? Did you watch this on your 85-inch high sense? Where did you watch this movie? Yeah, big screen. On the big, big screen. screen. Okay. Yeah, big screen, big sound. I watched it in my cinema, and, it, mate, the sound is amazing. James Cameron, his attention to detail with his sound quality, video quality, it's a real – it's a ride. It's an experience. I think if you can – I think I enjoyed it because I had a really good setup and it really immersed me in the movie. So it's sort of one of those things where it's one thing to watch it on your phone or a small screen, and then it's another thing to experience it on a, on a larger scale. I think that's oh, what I, brought people back to the movies. When it was out in the cinemas, yeah. that's what brought them back again. To, to have you, that. you got to remember too, Fifth Element was a blip on the radar, and yeah. I don't still don't believe that's truly sci-fi in that sense. But, yeah. you know, this this is well outside my preferred genre, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's be clear. Yeah. But I, I utterly appreciate it. I will watch it again. I I think it's a great story that I haven't fully unpacked and a lot of little story arcs within it. Yeah. I think that's what's fascinating about it. If you were to follow you pick up a lot. Yeah. Or even with the latest watch, I picked up several things in it. So. You know what? Yeah. I'll say this to, to make it very clear. I'll watch the sequel as soon as I can. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, and, I'm, you and the rest I'm of the world. to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> so do you reckon the sequel... Wellington. Yeah. Do you think the sequel will outgross this? Or is that important to do will. these days? Yes, I, I think it will. I reckon it'll be. There's so much buzz around these sequels that are in. I, I went to a Wellington a couple of years ago for a junket for Alita Battle Angel, which is James Cameron produced that as well. Similar sort of technology they use for that as well with a virtual set. I, there's a video I did of that when I went over there. It's on my YouTube channel. But and he was creating, he was making the Avatar sequels at that point. I remember talking to the effects people who worked on Alita Battle Angel, talking to me about how there's a lot of underwater scenes in Avatar 2 and they're sick of looking at blue people. And <laughs> so it's well into their production. But um, yeah, so expect to see the first oh, one oh. in the end of next year, in a year. We're going to see in 12 months. So the, the date, what was the date of the release? The date of the release was December. December 16. So that, that's like in less than a year we're going to see the, the sequel. Jackson's 16th birthday. Happy days. Well, next week we've got a total year change from Avatar. We are watching Pulp Fiction oh, by yeah. Quentin Tarantino, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Now, your millionaire question for this one, Trevor. In Pulp Fiction, who is the star? Who stars in Pulp Fiction? Is it A? Ving Rhames, B, Uma Thurman, C, Tim Ross, 
or D, Amanda Plummer? Have I don't you know heard if they're all real this? people other than Tim Ross. <laughs> okay. If that's Rosso from American Rosso, I don't know how he'd star in this. But anyway. Uh, sorry, Tim Roth. Roth, not Ross. Oh, Roth. Tim Roth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it must be Uma Thurman. The answer, well, that is correct. But the answer is they all star in Pulp oh, Fiction. And uh, so the, they're the sort of the supporting cast. Of course, you've got Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta, who are the, the two leads in the movie. But um, they are also stars of Pulp Fiction, which is a terrific movie. Uh, one of one of my favourites. I've seen that. I, I, I do. That's another no off by heart sort of movie. So, such a quotable movie, and I, I use and we'll talk about that in the show next week. There's a lot of lines in this that I use just in my vernacular and in, to my wife. I say stuff to her out of this movie. We'll discuss <laughs> that. We'll discuss that all next week on the best movies you've never seen. Look forward to sharing with you, Trevor. Pulp Fiction. Talk to you then, mate. I'll fire up the fetch and the high sense TV and get on to Pulp Fiction before next week. See you, mate.